0: It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by Ecospace.com.
1: Now, here's your hosts,
0: Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast by RealBluesroost.com. I am one of your hosts, Adam Adams, along with my co-host, Manny hey. Perez. Hey, what's up, Adam? Hey, uh, yeah, I'm excited today because we have Kevin Amos here. Uh yeah, Manny and I went to a summit about a year ago. I feel like it's been, and uh, there were several hundred people there. And there was this really great guy who got up and spoke for everybody and captured the audience's attention. Uh, and w- we learned a little bit about lease options. And uh, so we have Kem- Kevin Amos right here in the office today. Uh, Kevin, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us where you came from and uh, and you know how you got into real estate. Yeah, hey uh, Adam and Manny, thanks so
2: much for having me out here today. I love this, uh, love your little office, love the setup here. Uh, looking forward to the interview. So the question is, how did I get started? And yeah, where did you myself. come from,
0: and, yeah. and, and uh, how did you get started into
2: real estate? Yeah, so I got started uh, pretty young. I was still in the Army. I was in the Army at the time, and I was studying different investment books because I had a little bit of cash sitting on the, the sideline there. You know, in the military, the cool thing is you don't make a lot of money, but you don't spend a lot of money either. So I had a little savings account going, and I wanted to invest it, and I started reading books, you know, the Kiyosakis out there and some of these other uh, gurus, and real estate just kept popping up and after book after book after book, um, I was all about the money. So I started investing in real estate and I just fell in love with it. Uh, bought my first house before I got out of the army, moved out of it, uh, rented it out and you know, started making, you know, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 a year in passive income on that one property and decided this is how I'm going to make my fortune. Nice.
0: Nice. And so, um, we've got your book here in the office with us and, um, and Manny's actually read the entire thing. Um, and, he's been really an advocate for you and definitely wanted you to be here to just to talk to our audience and so anyway Manny do you by chance have any questions for Kevin uh, and where,
1: where when he got started or anything like that Yeah, you know say that you thought yeah I read the book read the book and um, I'd, I'd actually like to hear your story just about the very first deal you've ever done and how that one deal changed kind of changed your life and thinking hey there's other ways to make money you know, like thinking outside the box, and that's where you came up with your lease option strategy. So maybe you can start off with what you, what your very first deal was, and we can just kind of go from there. Yeah, I
2: think I wrote about the first deal in the book. So if any of your listeners are interested in, in getting more information on that, definitely check out the book. But my first deal, I lost three grand. Um, I tried to do a subject two, and then turn that into a, a short sale. They owed more than it was worth. And I literally gave $3,000 to the owner for them to give me the deed to their house, knowing that they owed more than the house was worth. Um, you know, the gurus out there tell you how easy this business is. So I thought, sure, I could do a short sell, And I knew the lender was going to accept less than what was owed on the mortgage. And then I can get a uh, discount and make all this money. Well, it turns out the lender was not willing to play ball. They did not short that uh, payoff. I had to pay the entire amount off or I was going to lose the house. And it wasn't me on the loan. Mm-hmm. And so I had a conversation with the owner. He was willing to bail with that three grand. So we just let the house go into foreclosure and I lost my $3,000. Uh, what I learned from that is don't give people money uh, up front unless you know for sure you can get it back. And frankly, yeah. with the lease option strategy, we're going to talk about a little bit more today. You don't need to give them money at all to buy properties. So yeah. I guess that's my, fir- that's my first one.
1: Yeah, it's basically, you know, it's all based on terms in which you and the seller can basically negotiate. And uh, yeah, so tell you know tell us about, you know, the lease options and, um, you know, how you got started with that.
2: Yeah, lease options is a fantastic strategy, especially if you're just getting started, because it's literally zero risk if you're doing it correctly. You have an option to buy the house, so you're locking up control of it for years. And you could choose to exercise that option and, and buy that property or not. So especially during the downturn in seven and eight, and nine, remember when everyone knows the credit crunch. Absolutely. Um, I wasn't on the hook for any of the loans or any of the mortgages for any of my lease options. So I was literally able to go back to the sellers and renegotiate all of these contracts and all of these deals to get better terms that, that fit my business model. Uh, you can't get that if you're out there just buying, buying houses. You're going to go for the ride if you own it. Yeah. Um, so you, you said your very first deal you lost a little bit of money
0: and, and I remember before we started you said some of that was investor money or am I, am I accurate? Yeah, Okay. pointing that out. Yeah, my, okay. uh,
2: I only had $1,000. I was, I was broke. I was <laughs> you know, a college kid, just got out of the army and, and I didn't have money. Um, so I took a cash advance on a credit card for 1000 I went and got another 2000 from a close friend of mine and, okay. and we did that deal. Um, that was actually, well, we could talk more about that if you want, but it's a pretty funny story. So so you were obviously um,
0: really into getting into real estate. You read the books. Um, you heard Robert Kiyosaki. You wanted to get into this, and you were going to just do it, get into involved into this no matter what it took. No matter right? what
2: it takes. That's exactly right. Yeah. You're not going to be successful if you're not willing to commit.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, if you want to if you want to share a little bit more about the funny part of that story, yeah, I, I mean, think the audience would like to hear it. <laughs> the funny part. So
2: wait, we bought this house, $3,000. It was in Montbello, which is a kind of a suburban type of neighborhood outside of the city of Denver, kind of near the airport. And they're not... It's not a great neighborhood necessarily, but it's good properties, good foundations. So we were attracted to that area and we, we bought the house. He moved out. And we went and checked it out the next day and his dog, his dog was in the garage and it was a big dog. So we, <laughs> we were <laughs> nervous. We didn't know how to, how to deal with, with that. Um, and then we go into the basement. We start pulling everything out of the, the basement and... This is disgusting, you guys. We had a refrigerator down there that's been down there for years, and it was getting stuck as we pushed it up the stairs. My buddy's oh, wow. much stronger than me, so I made him go on the, on the bottom to push <laughs> up, and I'm at the top pulling, and uh, it tilted in the direction where the door flew open and everything poured out of the refrigerator all over him. He oh, jumps man. up onto the fridge, crawling up through the over the <laughs> fridge over me. Stinks so bad. Um, and that's the that's the property I lost three thousand dollars on. I can
0: literally only imagine. I bought a I bought a house in Florida, um, and I flew out there to go rehab it. And I think that the fridge was um, yeah, turned off. The power had been turned off for maybe like two weeks, and that was worse than anything I could have handled. So it's it's terrible. You said right? this one's been there for like a year. <laughs> yeah, we
1: tried to tie uh, it shut with a with an extension cord. It did not hold. And you Jeez. said everything came out and just poured on your friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's uh. That's awful, man. That's a, that's a fix and flip blooper kind of. That's, yeah, we, that's uh, we have some fun with that one. It's a good thing he was stronger than you. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, so basically, let's get right into it. How do you do a lease option? You said there's no risk. So I'm sure we've got the whole audience's attention. How do you even do this? Yeah,
2: I mean, you got there's definite nuances in this contract that you have to do correctly to eliminate the risk. So I want to be very careful when I say no risk that if you could make this risky by doing it incorrectly. So it's important okay. to learn how to do this yeah. right. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest advantages is that you're not actually taking title. So what this is, is a unilateral contract where they have to sell it to you. You don't have to buy it. You can choose to buy or not buy. And you're locking in a price today of what your option is, your, your price that you would exercise. And then I would suggest signing these up for five years or longer. That way you can have multiple tenants. You can go, th- you could try to with, uh, withstand any market corrections. Um, but it's, it's really that simple. It's a lease with an option. And you negotiate the terms of the monthly payment, any credits you get towards the purchase every month, and the, pr- the purchase price.
1: You know what the awesome thing is about the whole it's an option is, you know, let's say in five years where the market crashes, the house isn't worth what it is, you could literally go back to the seller and just say, hey, we, I would like to renegotiate the said terms. Otherwise, you don't have to perform your option, correct? Yeah, and that, that's an
2: amazing advantage. And I've renegotiated several because my career has taken me through two downturns, the last one being the biggest. But I'll tell you what, that option of being able to renegotiate that is huge.
0: So remind us, when did you first do, um, I guess, what year was it that you
2: did your first lease option? Uh, my first lease option, probably 2002, 2003. My first house I bought in 2001. And that's right. If you guys okay. remember, that was like the, uh, the dot com.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: absolutely. And, um, and you also uh, own a hard money lending company. Right.
2: Yeah. My focus now is on lending money. I love the financing side of real estate, which is why I'm so attracted to the lease option. Yeah. It's literally the financing, how you're going to fund the deal is the deal structure. And I'm, I'm a deal junkie. I like to put deals together. So I was attracted to the financing side of it. And so I started a hard money lending company in 2008. And how was, how was that right at the end of the crash? That was perfect timing. (laughs) Perfect timing. That is not what we (laughs) thought you were going to say. You so know, this is a inter- good thing. Interesting in Denver uh, and across most of the country, I would say this is true. It's very challenging. Mm-hmm. It's low inventory, which creates competition and a really short or small margin between wholesale and retail. You know, when you have a lot of inventory, you have your investors out there buying wholesale prices because no, they don't care what it looks like, and you got your retail guys willing to pay a little bit more. And so there's a bigger gap when the inventory shrinks. Then you have your retail buyers, people who want to live in the house, willing to take the less than perfect property because there's nothing else to choose from, and that drives up the wholesale prices. So it really squeezes the margin. So I'd say right now is the most challenging time for my company that that there's been.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, I feel like here in the Denver area... Um, you know, people are almost banking on appreciation. Like, you know, I feel like that's almost the scariest thing you can do uh, is bank on the appreciation. And, uh, I I just get that sense right now as far as people that are trying to fix and flip and do some of those things. So I a hundred percent understand when you're like, this is one of the most challenging times. Um, yeah, I, I I get it. I get it, man. Yeah. We need a lot of inventory to be
2: successful. We want lots of houses to choose from, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we just did a
0: fix and flip and we, we, um, Really got excited because it, it Arvada um, just appreciated so much just in that short amount of time. In the four months that it took, like Arvada went up like 12%. I know, makes you not want to sell it, right? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I think at first we projected it was going to sell around like 320, 330 ARV. And by the time we listed it in August, it had already shot up to about 370. Wow, it was crazy. Amazing. Yeah, so our what we thought was already a good deal just turned into this amazing deal. And uh, yeah, we were very excited about it. So. Um, you know, just a real quick, uh, as far as the lease option part, um, you know, what's the benefit to the next person? I think you guys did some, like you would get the contract, you would have it under lease and then you would s- basically set up a sandwich lease option, correct? Which yeah. And a sandwich enter. lease option
2: for the listener is basically a lease option for your acquisition when you're buying the property. And then you also do a lease option for your exit strategy for your buyer. And the beautiful thing about that is you can eliminate maintenance risk because you can have your seller who still owns the house responsible for the maintenance, but you could also have your buyer responsible for a portion of the maintenance as well, virtually eliminating you from any of that responsibility. Now, in the real world, does that always happen that way? No, there's probably a chance where you're going to get involved in some of the maintenance, but it's a great way to really get close to eliminating the maintenance risk. So as we are talking about the sandwich
0: lease option, um, well, when I, when I th- heard you speak, I think you were saying, do try to go for like five, 10 years mm-hmm. uh, when you're buying. Right. I don't recall, what did you say if when you, on the time where you're actually selling that and just staying in the middle? What, what do you do, like two years or what? Yeah, I always go
2: two years or less when I resell okay. it. And then if it comes to the two years and they don't exercise their option, I'm talking about my tenant buyer, mm-hmm. resident buyer, then I would renegotiate with them and probably increase the rent amount and r- increase the price and then uh, increase my profit. Okay, and a, and a lease option, like you said, it's an option to
0: buy, but you're also um, re- signing a lease to give them some certain amount of money every month. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, the question that I have for you is just like, when you're putting in this certain amount of money, are you trying to barely cover their mortgage? What is what is that amount of money? Are you trying to go for market rents or, or somewhere in the middle? Yeah, good question, Adam.
2: But you know, uh, uh, the question doesn't have an answer. I mean, okay. the answer is it depends. Every situation is going to be a little bit different. So you're an attorney. <laughs> I am not an attorney. <laughs> I am not a CPA. I'm
0: just a dude in here having fun it with It just guys. depends. Okay, so, so you're saying it can be anywhere in between there. It's just whatever... Um, Whatever works best for that seller? Whatever works best for that
2: seller and is still a win for okay. me and my company. It has to be a win for both of us or it's not a deal. Okay. All right. So it, it can be anywhere in between. Yeah, but give you an example, I don't want to just cop out here. Mm-hmm. I typically would like to pay all of the mortgage if I can make that work. Otherwise, I'm running a little bit of risk of my seller not covering their portion of their mortgage. Okay. So if, if I could find deals where the, the, my monthly payment covers their entire mortgage that's ideal and i would like to make my payment directly to the mortgage company and not to them
0: okay how do they how do you let them uh, know that you want to pay the mortgage company and make them feel comfortable about that since they're kind of still on the hook
2: for oh, that yeah that's pretty easy i mean it's important to both of us adam right yeah they have the mortgage paid mm-hmm. and they will always say yes okay why don't i just go ahead and make sure that that gets taken care of
1: very okay. good um, for somebody that's trying to get started in, in this business and, you know, they really like this lease options or they want to wholesale or fix and flip, you know, what, what would you say they should do to get started? Maybe as far as like marketing wise, like what should they be doing?
2: The first thing they should do is probably read the 45-day investor. But after that, marketing is going to be key. Any business, and you guys are in business, so you know this, the service or the product that we offer is just a commodity. It's really about the marketing. If you could, you could sell anything and make a profit... So yeah, absolutely focus on marketing and generate a whole lot of leads. That way when you screw them up, it's not a big deal. And then you don't have so much pressure on yourself to close every deal because you know you have more coming in the door. Um, and there's lots of ways to market for free, you know, so. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I to be focus on that. Yeah. Do the cold calling. And, and uh, was most of your deals off market or did, or did you do things with realtors or...
2: Yeah, when you say off-market, I assume you mean non-MLS. Non-MLS, yes. Yeah, I like that question a lot. So I like that question as well. I did not like realtors at all when I was getting started. In fact, they created me more problems than attorneys, if you could believe that. (laughs) (laughs) So I I stayed as far away from realtors and agents and the MLS as I could. I didn't buy a property out of the MLS for probably my first three or four years. Everything was off-market.
1: Okay. Wow. I can imagine, like, you, you wanted to talk to the seller, right? So sometimes the realtors, the middleman and um, sometimes can get in the way. Realtors, I don't know what, what they learn in school, I'll tell you this. I mean, there's a ton of value with them,
2: and we can talk more about that because I, I know I'm going to get calls from me just sure. saying that. But. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I love realtors, but they don't learn business in school. They don't understand this strategy. They just know this is the contract I have to use. This is the way it's supposed to work. You get a 30-year loan, and this mm-hmm. is how it goes, and I get my commission, and I go on my way but that's not real life real estate investing business. Yeah. So they don't understand it and they sometimes can get in the way because they went to school and I didn't. So there so you
1: go. this is the, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is I I am a real estate broker licensed here in Colorado and you know I think it's beneficial for, you know, all realtors to understand different ways to help your clients sell their house if it, you got, uh, you know, stagnant listing or you have a buyer, but they're self-employed. Like, I believe that even these strategies, I know we're investors and we're talking about it, but I believe these could also help in that realm. Oh, absolutely. In fact, let me give you an
2: example of where a, a real estate investor, non-licensed, can work with a real estate broker and make it a good marriage. Um, you can't, as a broker, typically sell a house with little or no equity because you need to pay off the loan, you need to get your commission, you need to pay the title fees, and everybody needs to get paid. Yep. And if there's no room, it's very challenging for you. Mm-hmm. But me... I could take that deal and easily profit from it. I could solve the problem and profit. So that's a good lead for me, right? I have times where a a lease option is a no equity strategy. It doesn't work so well when there's a lot of equity. So you as a broker want those big equity deals to either take down and flip them or to list them. And I'm generating leads also. So wouldn't it be a good idea to maybe share our leads and you could list the ones that I can't help and you give me the ones that you can't help? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a good great. time for all you investors who are listening
0: to uh, push the share button and give this to your favorite real estate agent. <laughs> His name is Manny Perez.
1: <laughs> uh, so
0: I want to talk a little bit more about your book. All right. So you did, uh, we were mentioning before, that it, this is kind of, I mean, you went in and kind of reverse engineered everything when you created this book. You you wanted to have everything in order so it was easy for people to understand, uh, to be able to teach this to other people. Um and so I just want to kind of talk about the process of you writing the book and and what you were going for, which I think will also help people understand, hey, do I want to get this book? Do I want to read it? Do I want to see like what he has okay. to say? So,
2: Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. And in fact, at the Real Estate Investor Success Summit in Denver this year, um, it's on October 28th, I'm going to be talking about how to break through your fear and how to go from seminar to success. So many people, and you guys have seen this too, I'm sure go to these seminars and they don't ever do anything with it. Yep. And they get these, you know, all these notebooks on their bookshelves and they never look at them again. And, the, and it's a waste. I want to help people actually convert the knowledge into dollars. And so I'm going to be speaking about that, this, this upcoming success on it. But I had the same intent when I wrote this book, I want it to be so simple and so easy with the exact words and verbiage to use when you're sitting down talking to someone that there's no excuse for you not to go out and do it. So, when I wrote the book, I know the biggest fear for a lot of people is the, the contracts and the, the documents. They really want to understand that before they go sit side by side with a seller and start going through this stuff. They want to understand it. So, I wrote that first. Let's understand the agreements so that you have confidence when you go into a house yeah. and negotiate it. And then I teach you how to find the properties. And I think I only put three methods in there. There's a whole bunch of them, but I want to narrow it down to just three that I know will work for you. Yeah. And then negotiate the deal. There's a five-step process when you're in the house that you want to go through to get the seller to say yes to your offer. So these are creative offers. Sometimes they're not as easy to understand. So you got to be a very strategic strategy to go through. Strategic yeah. strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> and you have some scripts then yeah, so that the the are in there. Yeah. So the scripts are in there. The scripts for the phone calls, the scripts for when you're in the house. The, I mean, it's not... The script for in the house is challenging because it's a process that you go through and it's, like a, it's more fluent than that, depending on where the conversation goes, but there's words that you can use and language patterns that you can use to, to draw out motivation and build up the emotion and get them to say yes to your offer.
0: And a lot of this information is the information that helped you to be able to do over a thousand deals. This is
2: exactly the information I used when I was getting started. Yeah. With no money, wow. no money, no credit, nothing. I was eating top ramen, going to school, trying to, I had to pay for my own school. So this is part of how I did it. So with, I, I, I can't remember, I think you said you had
0: like a hundred lease options or am I, I yeah, don't want to like exaggerate. A, I don't
2: even know. It's it's over a hundred deals that I've done. Lease yeah. options, subject twos, I've done a bunch of wholesales and fix yeah. and flips. The lease option strategy is really what got me going and catapulted my career.
0: So uh, with one lease option, what do you typically do? try to make per door uh, is like a hundred bucks a door after everything's said and done on or? a monthly basis
2: you're talking yeah about? yeah 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 it's a hundred would be on the low end okay you really want to try to make a little bit more than that
0: okay and obviously I mean if you got started in 2001 and you're still doing this in the 17s um, you've, you've seen a lot of appreciation as well so oh absolutely so your internal rate of return is probably way more than 100 200 300 bucks a month and there's several of them and so I mean this uh, this information that's kind of like in your book um, is very valuable how, do Is Thank this you. something that's like available? I think you said Amazon? Yeah, or? if you just go to 45dayinvestor.com, it'll take you right to the book on Amazon. It's an $8 purchase. Is it the number four, the number five, or you spell it out, 45? Number four, number five. And what was the rest? 40, four, five. 45dayinvestor.com. Day cool. And you,
1: and you said for $8. Well, you know, I've read this book, and I think I bought it at the Summit last year, and you're right. It was probably like 8 bucks or 10 bucks, but... If you're just getting into real estate, I would totally check this book out and um, I highly recommend it. So thank you for uh, for writing this up for us. This is awesome. Thank you. Appreciate uh, that. So if, if any of the, the listeners, before
0: we just kind of wrap it up, if any of the listeners want to reach out to you, uh, find you, uh, what's the best way for them to
2: do that? Yeah, the best way to find me is my uh, company, Pine Financial Group. It's just pinefinancialgroup.com. And again, the... the Book is 45dayinvestor.com. And I got to tell you guys, I, I do love the lease options. I think this is a great strategy for the beginner. Um, the more of these you do, the more they turn over, the more you make, you get option monies, uh, non-refundable. So each time you sell a house, you're going to get three to five grand typically. And, yeah. and they turn over. They're, your tenants are not going to exercise their option very often. So if you, have a, if you have these houses turning over every two years and you do six a year, now we're starting talking about some real money.
0: Yeah. And for the audience, that's something it doesn't... I, we kind of skipped completely over that. A lease option so when you buy it, you try not to put uh, as much down or, or nothing down for to I get don't your put option. Any money down zero down for you, and then and then when you go and sell this sandwich lease option where you're uh, in the middle of, of two people doing two transactions, you have them put like
2: what five percent, ten percent, twenty percent down. No, it, it sounds crazy, but I'm trying to get two to three percent of the purchase down. Two if you're talking to three, about okay. A, you're talking about a $250,000 house, it's on like a 5 grand. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's pretty good. Cool. That, that's, that's really awesome. So this strategy seems like it can work for anybody. Um, I've, I've negotiated a couple myself. And um, just real quick, really appreciate you spending your time to just be here with us, share a little bit about the book. And you mentioned something about the summit, which uh, Manny and I both went to last year, which was incredible. I mean, there's hundreds of investors there. We learned a lot. We met a lot of people. It was great for, um, for
2: networking and so I just wanted to find out, I, what, how much is that? Yeah, is, this is what you, you guys will learn about me. Um, I'm not trying to make money selling education. That's why I sell it for $8. I really yeah. want to get that into the hands of people. Yeah. Most of the education I do is for free. This summit's the one event that we charge for, and that's because the venues cost money, and the co- coffee's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and then we, uh, we also buy everyone a, a drink. We want you to stay after the event yeah. and have a cocktail and network with some of the other investors and speakers. So we charge 19 bucks for the people to get in. Um, and there's no sales pitches allowed from stage. So you're not going to be buying coaching books and tapes. None of that. It's pure education. And this year, I'm excited. Jillian Sidoti is my personal securities attorney. Oh, wow. Um, I've been working with her for years. I've raised over $55 million in private capital. And, and she's helped me with that. And she was kind enough to come out uh, for this one. So she's the only national speaker. Everyone else is local nice
0: yeah we're, well, we've been in contact with jillian just this week i think so uh we really respect her she's she's known nationally so that's a very impressive um and uh, anyway so she's going to be there is she going to be sharing and teaching anything
2: yeah so she's gonna be speaking right after lunch and then her okay. and i and one other attorney is gonna be sitting on a panel at the very end of the day of a, a raising private money panel nice So you get it from the person who's actually raising it and then, then the legal side so I think we need to buy
0: our tickets now well october what October 28th. 28th. I'm going to put it on the calendar now. Uh, thank you, Kevin Amos, for being here, for sharing your strategy about the lease option. Uh, I know Manny just had something to say, yeah, so no, I'll give it over to you. say him.
1: thank you. I think, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have our tickets purchased. So we'll see you at the summit and uh, yeah, we're excited. Yeah, I'll see you guys there. Yeah,
0: thanks for everything uh, and we'll wrap it up bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box.